your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914, like the guy just said. Uh, this hour is sponsored by A1 Glass, and the Wisdom Insider is sponsored by A1 Glass. We want to get the headlines. We haven't had this headline out yet, that their power is out in some parts of town along West Avenue and other places. I'm getting a couple of calls and texts, uh, but we'll be sending out an email with an update about that on the Wisdom Insider. So sign up, go to wisdomnews.com. On the top right, it says Wisdom Insider on the along the uh, top bar there, and that's sponsored by A1 Glass. All right, and that'll come out. We'll send out, usually if there's breaking news, we send out an email as well. So hopefully we, uh, we get to the bottom of why the power's out. We don't actually know. A substation on Lang Drive is what Brad Williams is telling me. Um, but that's all we know, apparently, from the, the map. But when the power goes out, John and John Robinson from Viterbo is in here with me, not a power expert. But when the power goes out, all I want to know is when the power is going to come back on, right? right? Uh, the last time my power went out and I was driving to work, I go, oh, there's a giant tree on that power line. And then all the power lines up the road because of that windstorm a year ago. And uh, I was like, okay, well, that's probably why the power's out. Who's going to fix that, and how long is that going to take? And I thought, man, that that's going to because it was really crappy. I was in the middle of the night. So I thought, well, that's not going to be back until for a day or two or who knows. Like, are they? And then they were working on it like 3 in the morning in lightning, in wind. And I was like, wow, you guys, I should bring maybe some hot cocoa out to you guys or something. <laughs> right. Or just give you some cash. Like, hopefully you guys are getting paid uh, double overtime for the time. Uh, that you're spending out here in in very dangerous conditions. And speaking of that, it's almost the year anniversary of that windstorm that took out rotary lights. And tomorrow morning on Lacrosse Talk, I'm in here for Hayes, and I'm going to have uh, the National Weather Service on. They really broke down the the anomaly that was that windstorm, and I think there were like 30 tornadoes in Iowa. And it's wow. literally something that's never happened before. Happened last year, and we're going to talk about that tomorrow at seven forty-five ish. So, uh, you know, for those of you who are going to double that double listen to Lacrosse Talk and Lacrosse Talk PM and AM, uh, stay tuned for that. But John Robinson's in here, um, associate professor of business. Like my notes just have 2010. That must be when you started yeah, at Viterbo. That's, yeah, that's when I got my. I started Viterbo and got my PhD. Oh, and uh, I'm a. Associate interim associate dean now too. That's that's new since last time. Interim so. associate dean just for a little bit, just just keeping the store going for. Okay, so there's dean. Correct. So I do. Does Viterbo still have a dean? Yep. And yep. then the next one down would be. Yep, Dean Daisy. She's awesome, and then I I help her out. Oh, okay. So you're the and and are you going to apply for this job? Is this, are you going to are you are you putting your name in the hat I'm for the my, my boss is pretty good. I, I'll because <laughs> you're the interim <laughs> associate dean. Oh, right. but, okay. Uh, all right, and you uh, you went to Central, uh-huh. you're 98 grad of yep. Central, so uh, you're a year younger than me, um, and then you're an Arizona State guy, so you got your PhD from Arizona State. How do you, do you just go, I'm going to leave Wisconsin and go to Arizona, is that how that works? I wanted to see pavement melt, so I went <laughs> down there and checked it out. I mean, you can see that in August here, what are you talking about? I mean, it happens all the time. Um, and some of the things we're going to talk about, I, I don't know how this conversation, because finance and eco- the economy and taxes and corporate profits and budget surplus 
I can rail against all that stuff, but how all that works is like a little over my head. People, if, if we were on camera still, uh, I did the, the like over my head hand gesture. Um, so sometimes I like I get done with these shows and I go, man, I don't I don't think I learned anything like that's the, what if I can come away with. I, I think I learned something this show. Therefore, I could better talk about it later without your help, you know. But but it might just be that I didn't learn something, but the audience could have because they might have a better knowledge of you know property tax or uh, the profits or inflation or the Fed hiking the rates to fight inflation. Uh, to me, so, so this these are some of the things. But the dilemma, the main reason I had you on is we have six point six billion dollars in budget surplus projected mm. in Wisconsin. And we've got about three minutes before we go to break. Is it is it a good time to just explain that? Or are we going to need more time to explain why Wisconsin has $6.6 billion in budget surplus and why Minnesota has triple that, $17.6 billion in budget surplus, which is, and and I would say I had, a, I had a, another kind of economist expert in here a couple of weeks ago, and he said at the beginning of all this, the projectors, the mm-hmm. Wisconsin projectors, yep. whoever that entity or person is. I don't know if it's just a guy. It's <laughs> the secret the, organization. Well, of... it's a guy. I think okay. it's the guy in the Matrix. Like okay. Towards the end of the Matrix <laughs> right. movies, he's just in that room with all the TVs, right? It's the, the guy who runs the Matrix. <laughs> I just think that's the guy that's projecting this. And he The said, architect. If I the architect, yes. At some point, he, he told me that Wisconsin was projecting a budget deficit. And then... So, and I was like, okay, so maybe maybe during or pre or, or little post-pandemic, we're predicting a budget deficit because pandemic, right? But to be off by $6.6 billion, even if you're projecting a budget deficit of zero or $1, maybe, you're off $6.6 billion a couple of years later. It seems like you're bad at your job. <laughs> right, right. I've asked a couple of state legislators, you know, how in, in they're like, well, it's very hard to predict. I'm like, billions is a lot. I mean, you could be off a couple million and that would seem also like a lot, but million, the gap between what $1 million is and what $1 billion is is exponentially, you know, obviously we could tell, but it's hard to, when you really start to think about that gap. So to be, and now I've taken all the time and talked, so you're not even going get, to get to explain this, but I'm trying to set it up. So we wanted, we want to get to the bottom of why we have a budget surplus in Wisconsin, and we can gripe. I don't know if you want to gripe about the fact that we've been sitting on this since January, mm. our state legislator. Um, well, it, yeah, sitting and not doing things is not unusual for... <laughs> though they've been out of session since mid-March, you know, so to, the idea that they, they have to win an election even, uh, you know, so they can't, they can't actually pass anything right now because if they pass something the state legislature is held by republicans so if they pass anything then the democratic governor might sign it and then he'll get all the credit oh i see and then he'll win the oh you won the election anyway even without (laughs) taking any of the credit so we we both didn't help the state and also didn't as republicans didn't kick the governor out of office maybe we should have just helped the state um beyond that Corporate profits, I always rail against this without any like real knowledge. Corporate profits versus inflation, what's actually happening? Are you going to have a good answer for that? We'll talk about it. Okay, and then um, what else did we have? Oh, but California is trying to pass legislation to fight this a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you deep dive. I didn't, I'd not deep dive. I'm yeah, only a little bit, yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, you just kind of roll your eyes at California if you're, you know, even middle of the road because they're very left over there. Um, but maybe maybe that's a thing that we could do. Um, and then 
Yeah, the federal, the feds are hiking the rates. What does that mean? Like oh, his, right. Yeah. How, how, is that just our, our mortgage rates or all rates? or? You, yeah, there, right. There's a spectrum from one month borrowing to 30 year borrowing and they don't have to move the same way and they okay. they influence both in different ways. So Yeah, this is the idea. The feds are making it harder for regular people to buy a house because the mortgage rates are going up. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to then that will bring the prices of Mountain Dew down. <laughs> That's the plan. That's the plan. All right, we'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. 608-785-7914. I'm thinking I was thinking it was the morning already. So I'm like already I'm already like, oh my god, I gotta get up at five in the morning tomorrow. <laughs> I'm in that zone, so I'm like, am I subbing? No, this is my show. We're doing my show right now. All right, John Robinson's on in in studio with me. He's a, a associate professor of business, the interim dean at Viterbo of interim dean. Yeah, the of the yeah business college of business leadership, ethics, education. All right, so you have you're wearing a lot of hats right now. So um, where do we start when we try to figure out? Let's just let's let's just start with that. Wisconsin and Minnesota have gigantic budget surpluses. Wisconsin is projected to be six point six billion by July. Minnesota is triple that. So there's that. I don't even know if we want to. Die. Is it just that Minnesota is triple the tax rate? It just seems funny. No, that they got in some weird fight, and you know because the, they have a split. I mean, they're split yep. over there, so the legislature like didn't. There's like I think seven billion dollars that just like couldn't. They were just fighting, so they couldn't come to a, a conclusion on how to spend it. Well, Wisconsin literally did nothing, and and has six point six billion. Minnesota actually paid uh, frontline workers. They actually sent out checks to frontline workers for a couple hundred bucks. So they did do something with some of that money. And now the talk in Minnesota is the governor's floating idea of uh, paying. For students' breakfasts and lunches, so free school lunch in Minnesota, the audacity of this guy <laughs> to use my tax money to pay for students' lunches and breakfasts. I can't believe they give me my tax money back, Governor. Um, all right, but yeah, okay. So how do we get into a situation, John, where we have? Is it? Can you just explain this? Is it easy? I think so. I mean, if you think about what governments do, right? Like some money comes in and then they spend it on stuff. And a lot of what they spend it on is salaries for state workers or, you know, supplies and, you know, like the work of the government. Um, but if we have oh, oh, inflation like we've had. Do, right? they, do they spend the money on the roads like the DOT? That would be part of this. Mm-hmm. whole. You know what I mean? Like it's yep. not just like worker salaries. It's like all the things that the government is trying to fund. Um, Football coaches. <laughs> Football coaches. <laughs> yeah. Not your salary, but the UWL uh, yep. professor's salaries. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, it's very encompassing. There's a there's a wide range of things that the state spends money on through taxes. Obviously. Yes. And some of those things are going to go up a lot because of inflation, right? So some of the things they have to spend money on get hit by inflation, just like the stuff we buy. Um, but like you know, we've been sort of talking about uh, offline. The wages haven't been going up as fast as prices in other places, mm-hmm. and a lot of those expenses are wages. So it's and also, if you're in place, you're not necessarily getting a bonus. Like, you, you know, you you might not be getting a 5% inflation bonus on your state worker salary. It yeah, might just it, be the same. Well, right? we can just do the uh, lacrosse school district. I know it's not statewide, but, well, it is state. That's state funded. Yeah. The lacrosse school district gave teachers about a 2% raise this year. Teachers wanted, they were capped at about a 5.7% raise. That's what they asked for. And they said, nope, you're not getting that. Um, so they got a 2% raise. But if inflation is 7%, 
ideally, in an ideal world, you would just get at least what inflation is. Um, but inflation fluctuates too. So that's true. Uh, but that's a great way to think about it. Like if we just let's just imagine, just like a, let's just imagine a fake world where the only thing the Wisconsin state government does is fund the lacrosse school district, and that's it. And the yeah. only thing they need is teacher money. That's not real. But let's just pretend. Yeah. Well, that means their expenses go up by two percent because they just decided, right? Yeah. But the revenue side. Most of the revenue, or a big chunk of the revenue for the state, comes from sales taxes. Which you know, when prices go up, it's just straight more money, right? If it's seven percent more expensive for all of us, that's seven percent more revenue automatically. Like they don't have to do anything; it just happens. So that's the difference, right? It's they, like a, it's funny too because it's like a double percentage because sales tax in, in Wisconsin at five point five percent, and inflation went up seven percent. So the five point five percent sales tax. Went up 7%, <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. kind of funny. But if you spent a dollar on something, that you now spent a dollar seven on something. And so you got 5.5% more on seven cents, which is, <laughs> what, a half a cent? I know, it's 2.8%, but, but it adds up. It adds up. And, uh, yeah, so at the end of the day, because, again, state budgets, I mean, it, you're, we're usually hovering pretty close, right? So it's like, well, we got a big pile of expenses, a big pile of revenue, and, oh, the revenue went up a little, but holy cow, now that's $6 million because, you know, we spend a lot of money on everything, right, for the entire state budget. So the, so the expenditures didn't go up all that much, even though, you know, when you talk about, like, funding the roads, it would cost more to fix the roads because all the stuff that goes into fixing the roads got more expensive, but those expenses didn't go up as much as the sales tax revenue and other revenues increased, right? So yeah, the well, and, it's, act- and it's even worse than that because sometimes those budgets aren't inflation aware. So the quality of the services maybe goes down because they're trying to do what they did before on the same budget as before, but now everything's more expensive. So it's sort of like we maybe accidentally cut services by 7% all over the place and didn't really think about it. Yeah, the, we, we yeah. definitely did because the mayor will come in here and say, yeah, we as a municipality are going to have to start thinking about cutting police, fire, and like stuff like library resources because the state funding didn't increase uh, even though we've been sitting on $6.6 billion uh, with no plan to do anything with it. Um, so, dude, okay, so if... The, would the government need to do something? Could the government do something where we 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 kind of cap that budget surplus, like even temporarily? I mean, where where does the bulk of the where does the bulk of the the six point six billion come from? Is it straight up me buying crap on Amazon? <laughs> yeah, basically, or I mean, it's a big part of it. Or yeah. is it Amazon because? I gave Amazon a bunch of money, and they're taxed on right? I get taxed on what I buy, but Amazon gets taxed on what they sell. So is Amazon paying a bulk of this, or well, so to speak? I hate you. It's so itchy using Amazon because I don't <laughs> want to use the the like. But we, we like to point a finger at at something, and and everyone can relate there. So well, and this is interesting. It's just sort of the nature of how we tax here, right? That local tends to be more property, state tends to be sales, not everywhere, but most states, and then federal is income. Among other things, but even cor- I mean, corporate, they pay in corporate income taxes. So it's kind of like, you know, what you're describing. Some of it is going to the Fed. Some of it is coming to the state. And basically none of it is coming to state, to like municipal and, and county. And right, so there's basically winners and losers when we have inflation. Like the system isn't really set up to know what to do with it. And so we accidentally really great for some and accidentally a giant bummer for others. And we're not trying to rebalance. And so you end up like... It's kind of like accidentally doing budget cuts without paying attention to where you're cutting. 
And uh, so, I mean, if you're trying to think about, like, how do we undo that or how do we, like, fix what happened, I mean, my first thought would be, well, let's think about what of all the things the government does is, like, getting hit hardest by inflation. And let's funnel some of that surplus towards things that just naturally are getting, like, left out in the cold. You think there's a lot of people in the state legislature that are more like me and less like you, and therefore they just have no idea? (laughs) Yeah. They're just like, uh, what is the budget surplus? Oh, we should... Send hundred dollar checks back to people that pay taxes, like and that's the answer. And it's like, well, that's not really the dilemma here, right? Like that's that that might that might look good and sound good, but that might not solve the dilemma that we're talking about, where uh, school funding and and municipality funding is is off balance because of the the way that we're collecting money, right? Yeah, and it, and because it's all new. I mean, I'm right. I could man. Let's just imagine I was king of the world, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to decide where we're, you know. I'm going to do my best guess where the inflation problem areas are and, like, help. Well, sure, but I'm probably going to be dead wrong a lot of the time because, like, we don't know. I mean, we haven't had high inflation for a long time. So, you know, it's almost like, well, 10 years from now we can look back and sort of figure out what we should have done. But right now, uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. We can kind of guess, though, but and there's things we can do that are better than nothing. But so these infl- are complicated. So inflation – causes the budget surplus is that that's kind of the easiest way to say that mm-hmm. I mean, uh, specifically Cause it because because it, it brought it off balance it kind of off balance the system so to speak the, the formula that the state has for collecting money to to fund the government yep there's also like it's part of the medical expenses with federal money coming in there's a there's some going on there but i mean yeah the sales yeah just revenue side does a lot all right so then so after the break we'll have to We'll have to understand why we have inflation. Can you Mm. do that? Yeah. All right, right. here we go. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. John Robinson's in here with me. I, I I didn't write down all your titles, but if, if, can can we just call you an economist at Viterbo? Is sure. that is that fair? I'll take it. Yeah, do it. Okay, because like you know, all the articles are like we talked to the economists that you know whatever school. So that's what I'm trying to do. Um, anyone under anyone that's quite wondering about the power outages that are throughout Lacrosse, Excel doesn't have an answer for us. The only answer I want is when the power is coming back on, and they don't have an answer for that. Beyond that, why the power went out. That's for like the the like, I don't know the nerdy like I want to know why the power is out like you don't really actually need to know but it would be interesting like uh, a, a plane landed on you know like crashed into a power station somewhere or something like that that's not what happened but I'm saying you know sometimes it's interesting to know why the power went out but really I just want to know when the power will come back on uh, and, and beyond that you're just being nosy people I tell you no I'm just kidding uh but but we don't have an answer for when the power is going to come back on I'm sorry um all right so we we understand so we're talking about corporate profit well we haven't done corporate profits really yet inflation we haven't done that yet but we've we've talked about the budget surplus and the only thing I, I when I come away when I'm trying to learn something right when mm-hmm. I come away I don't I don't know if I learned this yet. When when Wisconsin has a six point six billion dollar budget surplus, it's because the the architect, the guy in the matrix with the, in the room with all the TVs, mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't project correctly. So then they under they have a budget surplus, or he's projecting that now because it was three billion at the beginning of the year, and now it's six billion by July. 
but we we get a, a big the most of that money comes from sales tax you think or just tax the government's taxing us well yeah i think the reason sales tax is coming up a lot today is it is the tax that's most directly infected by inflation so like your sales tax receipts are going to go up um the, the you know that's the one that's going to have the strongest connection with inflation all right so and when it comes to that budget surplus expanding like that who's getting Who's paying into that the most? Is it the people that are just like you and me that are buying stuff and and getting taxed on that? Like I'm buying stuff at the, you know, at the store or whatever. I'm buying a Lego set for my nephews, quote unquote, for my nephews. It's actually so that I can play with it on Christmas Day because <laughs> right. I want something to do. Oh, you want to play with this Lego set? I got you. Do you? Come on, let's do that. Um, and I get taxed on that. And it's the the price of that Lego set has gone up a little bit, seven ish percent or whatever. Um, and therefore my sales tax has gone up that same amount. Or is it the flip side of that, wherever I bought that Lego set, is it those companies and wherever you're buying the things, are they paying a bulk of this? Are, are they getting pillaged on the budget surplus, the $6.6 billion in budget surplus that, you know, is there an answer there? Do you know for sure? Yeah, and when, you know, the, the tricky thing here is this, is this a distinction with the difference? Because, you know, what if we just got rid of sales tax? Well, then, you know, would these corporations have to compete in lower prices to make it all even out? I mean, probably that's not how it would go down. And if, but, you know, there's, you know, anytime you tax something, you're going to make it less attractive because like, oh, I would have bought this, but now it's too expensive. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, just in terms of where the money flows, which is maybe what you're getting at, right? The sales taxes specifically are we're paying them. It's directly on the prices we pay, and it's going to mostly state and local governments. And then the you know the income, the profits In, yeah, from profit making taxes, that income tax, right? Like yeah, it would be income tax, right? Yep, that'll go more to the Fed. I mean, oh, that'll go. Okay, so I mean, so we the, we have obviously we have state income tax too, but you know, yeah, any company that. That's based in Wisconsin would be paying. I mean, yep, a, a yep. lot of times I see a, a bulk of this comes from corporate profits or corporate earnings, and that's where a bulk of this budget surplus is is coming from. But I don't I don't know how to understand that. So, yeah, and I don't think we got to the bottom of it either. <laughs> Probably not. No. <laughs> um. So that's so so we'll just leave that up in the air because I, we want we want to blame the government. Because I want to blame the government if they're taxing me too much. But the sales tax is a sales tax. So, I mean, is the easy solution for this? Oh, if it's $6.6 billion, you know what? We'll just stop taxing on your stuff for six months. And then, and then like, like that's problem solved. Like, I don't know if six months is too long. Maybe it'd just be one month in that but $6.6 billion, $6 billion would disappear. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if there was like a weird thing going on in the – so in the in the pandemic – there was like a you know a, like a, a President Trump executive order to like stop collecting payroll taxes, and then like basically nobody listened, and it didn't happen. It was like kind of the you know it was like this weird sort of thing where maybe we were gonna do that. Uh, you know, just like ah, oh, you know, we're just done collecting tax. Surprise! It, but yeah, it didn't actually go down. But yeah, I mean that would be a way to address it. But, but. An- another dilemma here is be- we we do have a budget surplus, mm-hmm. but we're not. We're also on the if you're trying to balance things out, we're also not funding things in the state at at the level to com- to comply with inflation as well. So right when when the state is raking in six point six billion in in budget surplus so over their estimated well, here's what we're usually raking. Oh sh- 
crap, it's $6.6 billion. I almost had to dump myself there. Um, we, we have $6.6 billion more than we expected, but all the municipalities and, and, and school districts are like, ah, but we our funding didn't increase with inflation, so you need to fund us better. So there's, there's a balancing act here where that $6.6 billion actually needs to be used on things that the government's underfunding throughout the state as well. Yeah, and it's weird to call it underfunding because it's the same amount of money, but it's it's very real because we're trying to get the same stuff done, but it's more money. So unless you give us more absolute dollars, we're going to have to cut back on the things we normally do. Well, the, you know, at all at all levels of you know. I mean, the easiest way to understand that is you and I didn't get a raise over the last three years. Just pretend that happened, and is it harder to make ends meet at the same? You know, income level when when uh, all your groceries are more expensive, when your gas is more expensive, when literally everything you purchase is more expensive. So that's that's what a school district in a in a municipality like the city of La Crosse is going through. Like you didn't increase our funding, and all the things that we pay for are more expensive. They also give raises. Like the fire department's got a two percent raise. I think the police department's taken about a three percent raise. The school district gave two percent raises out. So it's not like they didn't increase so their their you know amount of of the the level that they have to pay out increase but the level they're getting back apparently didn't yeah well and, and we're talking about these small percentages but you know like i think about i used to you know make quiche i was like oh i'm going to take my 99 cent quick trip bags make a quiche just like a cheap breakfast for the family that's like well my four dollar quick trip bags and i know that's bird flu related but i mean on some level this is the kind of thing we're seeing all over in you know the kind of things school districts are trying to do and the kind of things governments are trying to do. I right? think the better analogy would have just been a gallon of milk. Like you're talking about making a what? A quiche? I'm not even sure. What is that? An egg thing? Yeah, that's it's, like an, it's like an egg pie. Yeah. Okay. I think they. I think I see them. Um. Yeah. Egg. You should try and just get one of those frozen crusts out of the I freezer at have, the grocery store. I think and... I have something. I think Sam's Club sells something that looks like that, and I bought it once, and then I just had the burps after that. I think I just <laughs> Well, and I call it egg, but yeah, it's mostly just a giant pile of cheese. But, so. I mean, if you're just going to get a gallon of milk, like two years ago, a gallon of milk was a dollar or a dollar ten or something like that, and now it's three. So, like, everything I get mm-hmm. is more. It's like, And that's, like, triple the price, right? Like, that's 300 or, yeah, 300% more. Um, just for a gallon of milk. So just imagine that all over the place. Um, okay. So, well, let's do that. I don't want to pick on like the milk, the dairy industry, but, um, there are other industries where they're, that's the talk. Corporate Mm -hmm. profits are at an all time high and you will hear CEOs or CFOs, whatever those are. Um, they will talk about like, yeah, it's great that, uh, we can use inflation to We can use the excuse of inflation to raise prices on everything, but we actually didn't have to, but we can, and therefore our corporate our profits are at an all time high. So then the investors that invest into that are also, you know, making a killing. Um, can you explain? Like, yeah, how do well, we explain? Sure. Let's. Like, I mean, I, I know we don't have a Costco here, but the, there's like the buck fifty Costco hot dog combo that was like the same price for the a rotisserie years. chicken. I think is yeah, a, is one of those. Example, right. So like this thing has just been the same price forever, and then you know. The, the it was like the the CEO wanted to change the price of the of the hot dog and the owner like came down and said if you change the price of the hot dog I will and then like you know well, the, destroy the you the Arizona iced tea right it says ninety nine cents on that giant can the Arizona iced tea and he that that you know CEO or whatever the owner of Arizona iced tea has said the same thing 
Like, we're not going to increase that. Yeah. So when the whole world looks like this, right, when the whole world is full of things that aren't changing, if you're the, you know, if, if I'm the Heinz ketchup and I just decide to bump up a bunch of money, you stick out like a sore thumb and it looks terrible and people, like, switch brands or whatever. But when everything's going up, then it's like, oh, well, I, we can sneak in, you know, we can sneak this in. And maybe, you know what, we could sneak in double what we need to and no one's everyone's just gonna go well you know shoot prices are going up so yeah i think an environment where we're inflating it provides an opportunity for pricing strategies that are like you know a little sneaky right we get it's 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 harder to notice when we're getting you know price raises. in fact like often when prices are stable they'll just like you know take that plastic container and make the dimple in the bottom bigger Right. You know, and then eventually they'll go shrink, fully size. That's and then called shrinkflation. Did yeah. I send you that article on shrinkflation? Yeah, yeah, yeah shrinkflation. Um, the Daily Show did a, a, a good one about that with um, Gatorade bottles. So mm. they they made the gate, and then they did like the the phallic shape or something like that. But the Gatorade, you you know, like at one point a Gatorade, a dollar fifty, twenty ounce Gatorade or twenty ounce Gatorade was a dollar fifty, and it's still a dollar fifty if you go to the store and and grab it out of the fridge there. But it's now like a 16 and a half ounce Gatorade. So you lose three and a half ounces there, but you don't realize it because the bottle kind of in your head, you're like, oh, they just changed the their design on the bottle. Well, they changed their design because um, or, you know, like I would really love this is I always I don't know why I always think about this, but the two dollar like Jack's pizzas or two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are like a staple of mine uh, at, at wee hours of the in the night, sometimes on uh, when I'm just home alone. Um, I would really love to see a Jack's pizza from my like high school days because i'm pretty sure i was eating jack's pizzas my my entire life and like compare it to what a jack's pizza looks like now because i bet they were i bet the size of the pizzas has shrunk considerably and the, like the amount of cheese on it a it's probably not as quote-unquote good a cheese i'm, I'm sure jack's pizza is using the highest quality cheese back in the 90s but uh i'm sure like they you know everything that they put on that pizza has got to be like if they were using five ounces of sauce, now they're only using three ounces of sauce, and same with everything. So, the, yeah, the shrinkflation, too. They're, they're tricking us. They're tricking us into uh, into buying what we think is the same thing, but it's actually just a lot less for the same price. All right, we'll be back. All right, we'll just, we're back. I don't have a song in. Um, I'm trying to explain the, uh, the, the, the corporate profit thing here with John Robinson from Viterbo. Um, yeah, I had I had a friend try to explain this to me that the investors in these companies are just going they have to make 9% or whatever the whatever the percentage was. I don't really exactly remember the number my friend gave me. Yeah, I mean that's me. the long run return on a typical stock in the stock market's about 8. So Okay. So maybe it was 7, 8, 9% somewhere yeah. around there. And no matter what happens anywhere else in the game, they have to make 9%. If they make more than that, great, but so therefore the, the companies are going to charge whatever they can to get their investors that 9%. And then who takes the brunt of all that? Me and you. Like everybody, well, literally everybody, because we're all buying the things from these companies. So what? Buy local? Is that what we got to do? <laughs> <laughs> That's part of it. Uh, 608 785 7914 is the talk and text line. I don't know if we're, we're all learning anything. Sometimes it's just uh, it's like a whirlwind of things uh, to talk about. But let's see here. Without vetting. Joe's, this is quite the tax lesson. Let's just tell the truth. Businesses want to do something. They pay the government to make it happen. The taxpayer is a cash cow for these projects. Those entities who pay the most get the green light for their projects, period. So there's a lot to take there. Yeah, I, I, mean, but, I mean, we have a name for this. Regulatory capture is, you know, what we call it. And it's really about, 
you know, modern I mean, governing modern society is super complicated. These laws are huge, right? I mean, how many times have we heard about, oh, you read the bills, right? Well, I mean, the point is you, you, you kind of can't because everything we do is so complicated. You, we can't possibly write laws that you could just read almost, right? They have to be thousands of pages and have all these moving parts. Well, they're work. also never passing one thing. <laughs> right? you know? Especially if they, you're not passing anything. They argue, they yeah. argue about the thing for six months. Like the, what is it called? I forget the term when they just... They they pile fifty thousand bills into one. Uh, I just forgot the weird term for that. Um, usually, I throw this term out all the time too. It's just blanking because I'm doing two shows a day. Um, but so they throw omnibus. There it is, okay. omnibus yes. bill. They have yeah. they so they have, and that's why they're like fifteen thousand pages long. But like in in there somewhere is like cap corporate profits at five percent. And use anything else, you know, for you have to use 20% for your workers. Like, why don't you just focus in on that and and pass that legislation or don't pass it, but vote on it. But instead, they throw it into a into an omnibus bill with 6,000 other things because they got to like they got to negotiate. Right. But then they negotiate for a year and a half and then the term is over and then that bill goes out the window and they never pass anything. They're like, well, we couldn't come to an agreement. Well, you could have on that one thing, but you didn't want to because you wanted to sit here and argue, and therefore then you never get anything done. But also we can't point a finger at you for doing another thing. So. Yeah. Well, another crazy pattern I see too is like, you know, I'm you know, I'm a company, I'm first to market on something that's kind of crazy, maybe a little sketchy, and then and then the you know, the CEO will come and say, Look, we need a regulatory framework because we can you know, we, we the law isn't clear here. So we need to set up some rules. Well, that's, you know, we this, you know, we need to set up rules that benefit my first mover advantage and get me regulated the way I want to be regulated. You know, it's like and maybe we'll even fund some think tank work to develop legislation to like propose to the legislatures cuz you know, maybe they don't know this industry and and suddenly someone delivers this cool bill that has all of this complicated thinking that handles this new problem. But secretly, it was like sort of crafted by the industry itself, and in particular, the incumbent first movers. I mean, this is like that never happened. <laughs> well, this I mean, this is literally going on with this. no. I'm just kidding. Yeah, that I happens know. all the time. <laughs> they literally just hand that bill. They take that bill and then they just hand it off to the ne- the person that's going to pass it, and like they don't even you know, like look through it because it's too complicated, right? Because it's uh, somebody like me has gotten elected to the state legislature instead of somebody like you, where you could dissect some of that stuff. Um, all right, before I let you go here, before we end the show, um, again, the state has $6.6 billion in projected budget surplus. If they did things by the quote-unquote book, we would decide what to do the, with this money by July when the budget gets passed. When um, Governor Tony Evers puts out his budget, the Republicans who control the legislature literally throw that in the garbage and then write their own budget and then give it to Governor Evers. And then he crosses a whole bunch of stuff off because he has the veto pen. And then sends that back to the legislature. This is how this is how Wisconsin government works. It's stupid. Governor Evers shouldn't even put out a budget because the, the, like, literally they're just going to throw it away. They, they did that last time and he signed their budget anyway. But one of the proposals from the Assembly Speaker, Robin Voss, um, with, with this $6.6 billion budget surplus, in the next budget he wants to significantly cut taxes, which sounds great. Okay, but let's let's deep dive into that. And then like the next graph, Voss said he wants to lower taxes for those in the highest bracket. Uh, he says they all deserve relief. I don't think we can just keep focusing on the one bracket. It has to be all the brackets. 
And then the Democratic state rep, uh, Kaylin Haywood, says uh, any tax cut should be for poor people and the middle class. So um, Wisconsin has what we we call a progressive tax tax rate, I guess. I, I would say it's very kind of it's progressive to a to a point. But if you make under thirteen grand, your tax that your income tax is three point five four percent. And then if you make between about twelve and twenty five grand, that tax rate jumps to about four point six five percent. And that's fine. This is the progressive part of it. And then it doesn't progress very progressively after that. And then if you make between twenty five grand and two hundred and eighty thousand dollars, the next tax rate is five point three percent. And then at over two hundred eighty thousand dollars is seven point six five percent. And Robin Voss wants to lower the seven point six five. So anyone making two hundred fifty thousand, you know, this inflation is really hurting them, John. So we got to lower the tax rate. But what would be? And the, and we've heard the uh, the Republican guy who ran for governor wanted a flat tax. They're talking about making it a flatter tax just by lowering it for rich people. What would a flat? Ta- what, do you know what a flat tax would do to the state in terms of? I mean, it sounds like we basically already got one, right? Like if the bracket goes from twenty five to two eighty, right. it's basically flat over any reasonable income range from normal people. Yeah, so, because that's what most people are are in the state. That's that's most people, I would say, between make between twenty five and two hundred eighty thousand um, dollars. Yeah, you, I mean, you could. I, I just want to see more brackets here. It can't, it can't be that hard to add a couple. Anyone that makes from twenty five to fifty thousand dollars, you know, gets taxed this, and then fifty to a hundred, hundred to one hundred fifty. You no, know, we jump from twenty five to two eighty. Um, it's just mind boggling. And then, but the, the, the it's just annoying that we want to lower the tax rate for the those guys making two hundred eighty thousand dollars. I can't imagine. Yeah, well, and I guess we got to be honest what we're doing, right? Because what we're saying is that the surplus is coming from increased sales tax revenue, and if we turn around and then lower the top bracket, even though you know that helps everybody down to 25 or whatever, it's still what we're effectively doing is lowering income taxes and raising sales taxes. Well, sales taxes, are the, I mean, those are disproportionately paid by the poor. Right? I mean, it's it, if you've got almost nothing, then what you've got, you're going to spend it on, you know, food. And right? I mean, it's like the, the I mean, the, it's, if we're really, you know, really like at close to the poverty level, a huge chunk of our income goes to things that have sales taxes on it. And if you have much wealthier, well, then your money is going to other things, and it's not the kind of consumption that has sales like tax. Like investment doesn't have sales tax. Yeah, right. I mean, if I or... buy real, there's no, I mean, real estate, you know, sales tax on a second home right now. I mean, like, so, you know, these purchases, right, this is just like an empirical fact that, you know, sales tax is like the opposite of progressive tax. It is higher and higher a percentage as you get poorer and poorer. And that's just like not, I don't think anyone... I mean, we can go back and forth on the reality of how to do taxes. That's not an easy question. But I mean, I'd be interesting. I, don't, I mean, I'd be we'd be hard pressed to find someone that thinks, oh, we should definitely have the poorest in Wisconsin paying the highest percentage of their income in taxes. Like, that's, and that's just basically well, that's not what we're saying. But the well, uh, it kind of is though, because if we rely more on sales tax for the state revenue, effectively, that's what we're choosing to do. We didn't say it, but we did it. I mean, the assembly speaker could propose that anyone making under thirteen thousand dollars doesn't pay income tax. That wouldn't be, but they're paying three and a half percent on their thirteen thousand dollars, which is like we really got to get those people that are making thirteen grand a year. I mean, geez, right? Uh, they're just really going after poor people, and then to uh, to lower the tax rate for people that are making two hundred eighty thousand dollars a year. I mean, those people are, you know, they they eat Jack's pizzas too, John. <laughs> That's right. All right. That was John Robinson. He's uh, the economist at Viterbo, and he's got some other titles that I didn't write down. We'll do that next time, John. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, good to be with you.